Welcome to Staffing Stories, hosted by Andy Moss. Andy has been in the staffing industry for over 25 years, first as a recruiter, then eventually an account manager and business owner. This is the podcast where we sit down with fellow staffing owners to get the real stories of the successes, the failures, and the lessons learned along the way. Hey, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Staffing Stories. And this has been an amazing podcast for me over the past several weeks. And I want to hear from you. If you have questions that you want me to ask other staffing owners, email me, andy at 3diq.com, because I really want to make sure this podcast is relatable to everybody. So if you do have questions or something that I'm not hitting on, um, email me, andy at 3diq.com. Really excited about my guest today, Marianne. Becker from Upward Recruiting, and she's all the way on the West Coast, and I'm on the East Coast. She's up early for us, so I appreciate you doing that. Thank you, and welcome, Marianne. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and to chat with you. Well, um, now you're in San Francisco, is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so you're you're in the mecca of the software world, and some of the the the, the most exciting thing about this is I love your background coming as from an engineering perspective and jumping into um, staffing from um, almost probably a different angle. But can you introduce yourself and just maybe um, talk to us a little bit about wh- where you came from? Absolutely. Um, so I'm originally from Canada, but I have a, diff- a little bit of a different background when it comes to recruiting. So I actually studied software engineering in college, and then I moved to San Francisco to be in the in Silicon Valley. Um, so I was in tech. I was a software engineer for many, many years um, before moving into staffing. Um, about a year ago, I was director of engineering at MindBody, where we grew a team from seven engineers in the Bay Area to over 50 in San Francisco and New York. Wow. So a lot of my time was spent in recruiting, especially in a very difficult labor market, which it is San Francisco and New York. Um, so because I spent two years and a half just thinking about recruiting, how to attract and vet the best engineers, then I started upward, um, to really help companies hire engineers, especially women engineers. So at MindBody, I'm happy to report that we were able to build a team of 55% women engineers. So it can be done. Um, so I really started upward to, um, you know, help other companies not only build and hire top engineers, but also build diverse engineering teams. How, you know, how do you, I know, you know, I'm building my organization. I love diversity because I think diversity brings a lot of channels of thought, not just one side. How how did you go about building that team of 55%, you know, diverse? Yeah, I think what we did was every single day we were thinking, okay, what can we do to solve that problem, right? We put our engineering hat on. We're like, okay, you know, this is a problem. How do we do it? So we 
we had multiple meetings with the entire engineering team and we thought, okay, what can we do to attract women engineer first of all? Um, and it really starts by building this top of the funnel by bringing as many women engineer in in the interview process as men engineer in the interview process. Um, you know, luckily, I'm a woman engineer as well, and women really, you know, they can relate to other women. So I started doing personal outreach to okay. women engineers in my field. Um, I also started volunteering at different women organization and mentoring other women engineers to get our name out there. Um, so then we were able to start getting women in that pipeline just by having me outreach to them and explicitly outreach to as many women engineer as men engineer for the role. Okay. So once we got that, we said, okay, well, now that we have the women in our funnel, how can we ensure that they want, um, we remove the bias that exists in the interview process. And also we get them excited to join our company. Um, so we reviewed our entire interview process. We made sure that we removed any unconscious bias. And I can talk a lot about that. <laughs> um, um, after we did that, we also made sure that 50% of our interview panel are women because women okay. want to work where there's other women as well. Um, so by doing all of that, we ensured that one, you know, we, we removed the bias yep. that removed you know, that created barriers for women to get jobs. And then after that, we got them excited throughout the whole interview process. So when, when the time came for us to give the offer, most, you know, most of our offers were accepted. And then that's how that's we awesome. slowly built our team. Well, I know women in technology is a low number anyway, um, just by this, the ratio, but it's amazing that, you know, you had to put that recruiting hat on and that's where I guess you cut your teeth in the, in the, the recruiting. Did you just fall in love with it or did you just see a hole that like, you know what, I, I need to represent this um, recruiting in, in this way, this way I could help. Yeah. I think it's less of falling in love with it and more, okay, you know, I really need to help other companies hire women engineer. I was the only woman in the room for, you know, multiple, really? multiple years. I remember when I, even when I was studying software engineering in college, we had an entire building dedicated to computer engineering and in the entire building, most of the time I was the only woman with, you know, thousand of men. Um, so after a couple of years of being the only woman in the room, I was a little bit tired of it. Um, so I think, you know, especially women in our field, it's not easy to be the only woman in the room. No. So we have to give back to the community. And that was one of the ways that I could really impact um, women's career, but also impact uh, the bigger industry by making sure that there are more women in our industries that are growing in their career. So are there ideas or like there's things we can do as, as adults to bring the youth into this? I know here locally in Knoxville, we've had like coding for kids to just to get these kids exposed to code in general. And I, I but I think we would do better to get more youth into this program to where they want to go into engineering and they want to see this as a career opportunity. Absolutely. And there are a lot of 
um, organization out there that are encouraging our youth to go into coding, but also specifically girls. So there's an organization um, that I volunteer at called Girls Who Code. Yeah. Uh, that go to high school students, especially you know, girls and encourage them to get into coding. And one of the ways they encourage them also to get into that field is to have, is to show them uh, women who have been in that field and mentor and go and give talks to those women to kind of say, Hey, you know, there are, there are people who look like you who are in that field. You're not going to be alone. Okay. Um, so there are multiple organizations out there that are doing that, but there's always room for growth. Oh, there's, I mean, we could do so much better. And I think we both can agree on that. So let's talk about your first month or two as uh, you're in recruiting now. Mm -hmm. You know, walk me back to your first three months. What was that like? Yeah. So my first three months, um, so I had no idea how the recruitment world was worked worked. I was a director of engineering and engineering for so long was, okay, well, I need to get clients. Um, first off, because nothing happens without clients. How, what do I do that? How do I do that? So I reached out to my network. Um, and luckily, because I was already an engineer, I knew a lot of director of engineering out there. So I reached out to them and told them, hey, I really, I'm starting this upward recruiting to help companies hire more women engineers. Would you be interested in partnering with me? Um, if you think that I found is that um, there are a lot of recruitment agencies out there. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, more than I expected. And then we were competing against, you know, not only a dozen engineering firms, but hundreds and hundreds across the country. Um, so really differentiating ourselves was critical. But luckily, because I already had those folks in my network, they introduced me to their HR, and we were able to get into a into a few companies that way. But my biggest, I think the biggest break that I got, so I had a um, recruitment agency that I actually worked with in the past that helped me find a job. And they had reached out to me for a new role. And I told them, well, you know, I'm not available for a new role, but I just started this agency. Would you be interested in partnering with us? And they said, yes. Um, and I think that was a big break because that was a VC firm that had 20 or so startups and oh. they opened their entire startups for us. Um, so we were able to, you know, instantaneously get like 20 or 30 companies we could source for and start making hires. Um, yeah. So that so, was, you know, one of the, the success traits I see in our industry is individuals that niche themselves in a kind of a, a particular vertical or experience. And I think with you being a, a, a woman engineer and having that story behind you makes clients feel extremely comfortable working with you. It, am I wrong there? No, I think you're, you're definitely correct. Um, I think a lot of companies out there and startups want to hire more women engineers, but they don't know how to start. Um, so having, you know, a woman who has been in technology for so long, for 10 plus years, I think really helps them gain that confidence that, hey, you know, maybe she could help us hire more women engineers. And I think that was a huge edge to our agency. So what are some things now that you've been in it over a year in the recruiting, what do you like about this industry that you've seen that 
oh, I, I like the way or things that you see as a whole in our our industry as staffing and recruiters? Yeah, um, I think the thing that I like the most is the all the people that I met so far. You know, as a recruiter, every day you probably talk to 20 new folks. So just <laughs> continue growing your network and meeting different people from different backgrounds has been has been a great experience um, for us. Um, one of the things that I think I don't like as much is the volatility of the industry. Yeah. Um you know, for example, you could have a client, a new client that you just started with, and you put a lot of resources into, you know, setting up that client and helping them hire for their role. And then a week later, they say, oh, well, we need to pause hiring now. So then all the resources and all the effort that you put in is lost. So I think that volatility has been a challenge for us. It's a challenge for everybody because, I mean, I don't know our industry works for free until we make a placement. And exactly. I think it's the most backwards, you know, don't get me on that soapbox, but being able to select you, the clients you work with, even the candidates you work with that you're spending time in the direction of revenue is so key. And we have also, we have access to so much tech ourselves mm -hmm. and our whole industry is going through this tech revolution that um, you're part of. Uh, walk me through some of the things that you like in that, because you probably see it from a different angle than most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we've been growing really fast ever since we started. So we started with zero position and now we have over 30 open positions. So we had to scale our recruitment strategies almost every month now to support that growth. So tech was invaluable in that. So we were what we did is that we started using tools to automate everything we could possibly have and also really using technology to help anywhere from sourcing all the way to closing a candidate. So we use a lot of AI ML in our sourcing strategies, which allows us to source, you know, high quality candidates in less time. And then we use multiple tools um, that allows to streamline that process. So for example, we use Gem to automate all of the email sending. Um, we use 3DQ to really, um, to send our candidates to our companies very easily um, and in a streamlined manner. And then um, we use Herefish Automation to automate every touch point that we have with the candidate. So all those technology really allowed us to scale and take our company to the next level. That's awesome. I mean, I always love to hear, you know, the good stories, but do you have any war stories or like, um, if I had to do it over again, this is what I would do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when we started off, we weren't really sure about, you know, how the business model and the pricing would happen, right? Because it's really challenging to have a business model where you don't have recurring revenue that's guaranteed. Yep. So I think I started this business by having, okay, you know, we're going to do the traditional contingency fee model. Um, but when you're just starting out, you can't really survive with no revenue for two, three months. So then we switched over to a retainer fee model. Once we switched over to the retainer fee model, we found out that, that it's worse than the contingency fee model because, 
you know, if, if, for example, all of your client are retainer fee and there's something that is happening with the economy, then the first thing they're going to cut out is you. So then you lose the opportunity to even make a placement and you lose your revenue. So then we switched over to a contingency model again. Um, and now with all the volatility happen, I'm, I I'm wondering, okay, well, would it be, would it make more sense to switch back and have maybe half the companies be a retainer and half the companies being contingency fee? So I think if I had to go back again, I would just stick with one instead of trying to experiment with multiple ones. Well, you have to be flexible. I say like, you know, you have to be yeah. extremely agile and flexible in our industry and, and pivoting is, is part of the game. It's something that I've done and, you know, I've, been in this business 25 years and owned a business now 16, but I can't tell you how many times I've had to pivot um, either due to recession, due to economy, due to legislation. It just is part of our frustration in the staffing and recruiting because uh, there's always a constant, there's going to be change. And, um, and that's uh, it, 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 you get, tough dealing with it but it's a frustration i i would love to say it's going to go away but it's it's part of us but um you know any parting words you want to kind of tell a young entrepreneur or woman that's thinking about starting it their own staffing that you would just love to encourage them because i think there's a lot of people listening to this that just need that one nugget of like do it yeah, I think um, you just got to do it. You know, when I started this thing, I had no idea what the staffing agency was. And I'm like, OK, I'm just going to do it and figure it figure it out. The other piece of advice is leverage your network. You know, Absolutely. you probably built a large network through your years of experience in different industries. Go back and reach out to those people. Most most of the times those people that you know that you've worked with would be happy to help you out and just having um, you know a large network of engineers that I worked with in the past and that introduced me to their hiring manager and to the to their HR was a game changer for us so leverage leverage your network and just do it you actually know more people than you really you think exactly if you ask them exactly. they'll, they'll they'll rally behind you. But Marianne, I really appreciate you being on this with and, and talking today. I could probably go on for another hour with you, but um, I'm going to wrap it up here. But again, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great being on the show. All right. Thank you. The Staffing Stories podcast is brought to you by 3DIQ, founded by recruiters for recruiters. 3DIQ's industry-leading product suite complements your submission process in Bullhorn from start to finish and helps you deliver a cutting-edge customer experience. Triple your placements with our powerful resume submission platform, candidate marketing, and client portal. Visit 3DIQ.com stories to learn more.